Hey guys, welcome to Finding Yourself. I'm your host, Carl Duffy, and on this podcast, I discuss all things movie and TV. I'm a huge cinema buff, and the podcast is dedicated to my love of cinema, whether that's discussing new upcoming movies that I think you should check out, giving detailed reviews around movies and TV shows I'm passionate for, or having detailed discussions around different concepts and genres of movies in cinema. I also have guests on the podcast from time to time to discuss things they're passionate about as well. So if this sounds like something that might interest you, please make sure to check out the rest of my episodes up on Spotify, follow along for future content, and make sure to give me a rating up there. It always helps my visibility. Thanks for clicking on the episode. Hope you enjoy. In this episode, I'll be discussing horrible accents and iconic movies. I'll be reviewing Elvis, Thor Love and Thunder and The Girl in the Picture, which is a true crime documentary up on Netflix. I'll also be recommending the top 10 movies to watch if you haven't already, so stay tuned for that. As well as this, I'll be sharing my thoughts on upcoming movies I think we should be excited for in 2022. And I'll be giving my Emmy nominees reaction at the end of the episode. Okay, let's talk worst accents in film history because you know it's always the Irish accent that's getting butchered on screen. It's very rarely you see an actor pull off the Irish accent and several actors and actresses have failed, tried to emulate the Irish accent and failed miserably. Some have done their research and failed, some have just tried it off the cuff and failed. And the reason I want to discuss this on the episode is because some of these performances are in high profile movies that did very well at the box office and performed by actors and actresses who would have been regarded as very good, very talented actors and actresses, but just butchered the accent. And in most cases on this list, their accent and their portrayal of the Irish accent is by far the worst part of the movie. One that springs to mind and is at the top of my list in this episode is Sean Connery's accent or attempt at the Irish accent in the Untouchables movie. The Untouchables, if you've seen it, you'll know it is a hard-hitting mafia movie. Kevin Costner stars alongside Sean Connery. There is a great script in this movie. The writing is excellent and it would definitely be high on my list of one of the best movies I've seen to date. But the accent just takes me out of every scene Sean Connery's in. Now, a bit of background to how I saw this movie. I had it on my list, my to-do list, to watch this movie for ages. During lockdown, I made it a priority to watch this movie. And let's face it, we all had plenty of time on our hands during lockdown to catch up on movies and TV shows. So I decided to watch this during the first lockdown and I was not disappointed. I actually ended up watching it very early in the morning. I think it was like 7 o'clock when I started the movie. I was tossing and turning the night before. I ended up waking up at 6 o'clock that morning. Couldn't get back to sleep. I knew I had it on my watch list on Netflix. And I just decided to throw it on. And I was not disappointed. But I was very shocked when I got to Sean Connery's introduction. The introduction of his character. And every scene you can see him butcher the Irish accent in a different unique way and at times it looks like and sounds like he's not even attempting to do the accent that he's just going with his own accent and putting a twang on a word or two in each sentence and overall Sean Connery's performance just came across lazy to me in terms of his ability and his attempt to replicate 
and portray an Irish accent on screen. Don't get me wrong, the rest of the movie was amazing. The writing in this movie I thought was amazing. I was invested in the story piece by piece, scene by scene. I couldn't turn away from the movie at any stage. I didn't feel like I was bored. I didn't feel like scrolling on my phone during it. I was invested in each scene. The characters were amazing and the cast was amazing as well. You have Kevin Costner facing off against Robert De Niro as Al Capone. You have Sean Connery. You have Andy Garcia. Just an amazing cast that pulled off great performances. But every time Sean Connery was on screen, it took me out of the moment. And when you have an actor who can't portray a character in every sense of the word, whether that's body language or in this case, the accent... If someone is butchering an accent, you just zap yourself out of the movie. You're taken out of the scene. You're taken out of the moment. And to be honest, that is the worst part of the Untouchables movie. Other than that, it is a hard-hitting mafia movie with great performances by Robert De Niro as Al Capone, by Kevin Costner, by Andy Garcia, and Sean Connery at times does have a great performance, but his accent just brings down the quality of the movie, every scene he's in. And at some stage during the movie, I had the thought of, why did they cast Sean Connery if he couldn't do the accent? Obviously, he would have to audition for this and they would have to hear the accent before casting him. But I think, you know, star power probably trumped everything there and they probably thought Sean Connery is going to sell tickets and it doesn't matter if he can't do the accent properly. No one can do the accent properly. Let's just cast him. But in that case, why not make his character American instead of Irish? Because he could probably pull off the American accent way better than an Irish accent. Overall, it just brings the tone of the movie and quality of the movie down. But let me know if you agree with me, if you've seen The Untouchables. And if you haven't, it's definitely a movie worth watching. Like I mentioned, great performances across the board. Excellent storytelling, excellent writing. And in my opinion, it probably holds up as one of the best movies of all time. Next up on my list is Gerard Butler in P.S. I Love You. He starred in this movie alongside Hilary Swank, Jeffrey Dean, Lisa Kudrow and Kathy Bates, as well as Harry Connick Jr. So we're going from an all-action mafia movie to a romantic comedy. And really, the result is the same. Every time Gerard Butler attempted the Irish accent here, I was taken out of the movie. In P.S. I Love You, Gerard Butler plays Jerry, who is the husband of Hilary Swank's character, Holly. And he dies a very early tragic death in the movie. But a couple of months after his death, Holly ends up getting messages and letters from her late husband telling her that she needs to go on a trip to Ireland as his last wish as her husband. This movie, I think I watched it once or twice. It really wouldn't be high on my list in terms of great movies up there. I do think it's one of those movies people watch at Christmas time. Whenever I've heard of P.S. I Love You in conversation, it's always been around Christmas time. I kind of equate it to Love Actually in that way. In my opinion, P.S. I Love You wouldn't be a movie that has appreciated over time. It was released in 2007. I think it has 25% on Rotten Tomatoes as of today. And for its time, it had a great cast involved. Hilary Swank, very popular actress and very talented actress. Jared Butler, Harry Connick Jr., Kathy Bates, 
great talent. However, it is a movie that has died off in popularity since its release and been pigeonholed into the category of Christmas movies. Next up, I want to discuss Tom Cruise's attempt at a terrible Irish accent in the movie Fire and Away. This movie came out in 1992. I don't think it's the movie everyone thinks of when they think of Tom Cruise. Thank God, because it's a god-awful accent. Tom Cruise is a staple and has made his name in action movies. He's put across great performances in these movie franchises, including Mission Impossible and Top Gun, reprising his role as Maverick in Top Gun Maverick. As well as being respected for his acting ability, he's also respected for his dedication to his roles over the years. The actor is 60 years of age, he's still doing his own stunts, and he pulls them off without ease. Just one particular incident, there was a Mission Impossible movie where he has to jump from one building to another, and he's on a harness obviously for safety reasons but he breaks his ankle or his foot during the jump but continues to play out the scene and finishes up that particular scene before he actually alerts the producers and the directors that he had broken his foot during the jump so that is the dedication of tom cruise as an actor and a stunt performer in movies like these however before he made his name in action movies and before he won audiences over as Ethan Hunt in Mission Impossible. He played Seamus Kelly in Fire and Away. This movie focuses around a couple who emigrate to America to try and make a life for themselves. But as things progress in America, the couple's dream at a life together starts to come apart at the seams. As I mentioned previously, this movie was released in 1992, four years before the first Mission Impossible movie would be made. As a movie, it did have a talented cast involved, the likes of Tom Cruise, obviously, Nicole Kidman, Colin Meany, Thomas Gibson, and many more. But overall, again, in my opinion, I believe this movie failed because of the terrible Irish accents on screen. The movie does have a talented cast involved. Tom Cruise, as I mentioned, Nicole Kidman, who, in my opinion, does an equally good job of butchering the Irish accent on screen. You also have Thomas Gibson and Colin Meany in the movie as well. And my thoughts around the movie, I haven't seen it, obviously, like I mentioned. But if you have Colin Meany in there, use him. If not as the main actor, use him as the authority figure on whether the Irish accents are good enough. He's a certified Irish movie star, starred the likes of The Van and The Snapper as well. Having Colin Meany in the cast was an opportunity I think they missed. If not using him as the main character, the main actor in the movie, they should have used him as an authority figure and someone to go to with the accent and say, is this good enough to put on screen? Is this believable or is it making a mockery of the accent altogether? But they missed that opportunity. A few honourable mentions for worst Irish accents on screen. Carmen Diaz in Gangs of New York. You also have Justin Theroux in Charlie's Angels Full Throttle. As well as Richard Gere in The Jackal. I'd love to know your opinion on these terrible Irish accents. Did they hinder the movie for you in any way? Did they make it impossible to watch? Or did you care at all that the accent was butchered? Let me know up on Anchor FM, Spotify and Twitter. And let me know if you've seen any of these movies and what your thoughts on them were. Before I get into my reviews for this episode, I wanted to give you a list of movies I think you should watch if you haven't already. These are movies that have really spoken to me in one way or another. Movies I really enjoyed and movies that I think should be appreciated more for the quality on screen. 
Let me know if you've watched any of these movies, if they're on your top 10 list or not, and what your thoughts on them are. First on the list is Drive, starring Ryan Gosling, Carrie Mulligan, Brian Cranston, and Oscar Isaac. This movie is subtle, it's hard-hitting at the same time. There's a lot to get into. The soundtrack, the music in the movie is excellent. The character writing and the performances are there. It's definitely one that I think everyone should check out if they haven't already. The movie was released in 2011 and it's possibly one of Ryan Gosling's best performances on screen to date, in my opinion. Next up is Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, starring Val Kilmer and Robert Downing Jr. The movie was released in 2005. It's a dark comedy and, in a way, a buddy cop movie. The synopsis, for anyone who hasn't seen it, a thief pretending to be an actor gets involved in a murder investigation in Hollywood when he befriends a private eye. Both actors involved, Robert Downing Jr. and Val Kilmer, play off each other so well. There's a camaraderie there on screen. There's a chemistry that is undeniable. Michelle Monaghan also stars in the movie alongside Robert Downing Jr. And they have a love interest in this movie. They work well off each other. It's overall a movie I think is overlooked in both Val Kilmer's and Robert Downing Jr.'s filmography. But in my opinion, every Val Kilmer fan, every Robert Downing Jr. fan should sit down, watch this movie and just see the talent on screen and the chemistry between both actors. Another movie I think everyone should check out is Swiss Army Man starring Paul Dano and Daniel Radcliffe. The movie was released in 2016. It is one of the best Paul Dano performances I've ever seen. He gives such a vulnerable, comedic and genuine performance in this movie. It's about a man who is shipwrecked, eventually finds someone else to help him get home. I thought the writing in this movie was excellent. The character development throughout for Faldano's character was great. The chemistry on screen between Daniel Radcliffe and Paul Dano was excellent, next to none. And I thought each performance lended to the other. Daniel Radcliffe's character was excellent. I thought he was very funny in the movie, which I don't really get from him in movies most times. He plays a very serious role in most movies he's in. But overall, great movie to check out if you haven't already. I'm pretty sure the movie is available to stream up online on most platforms at this stage. Check it out if you haven't already, Swiss Army Man. Next up is Place Beyond the Pines. This was made in 2012 and it's a layered story. There's multiple story arcs in this movie. As well as this, it has a great cast involved. Ryan Gosling again, Eva Mendes, Bradley Cooper and the late Ray Liotta starring in it as well has great writing, great character development, great plot. Definitely one to check out, Place Beyond the Pines. Prisoners was a movie that caught me by surprise when it was released in 2013. I thought it was non-stop action, high intensity movie about a man who's trying to find his daughter who's been kidnapped in his neighborhood. Great cast involved again, Jake Gyllenhaal, Hugh Jackman, Paul Dano, Terrence Howard. Such great performances, but if you're going to watch this movie for anything, it's for Hugh Jackman. The intensity he brings to his character and his performance throughout this movie, it just builds and builds and builds. And as well as this, Jake Gyllenhaal as the cop who's trying to find out where these girls have been taken to gives an intensity that I've never seen in a movie from him before. Such a great performance from everyone across the board and definitely a movie that I think everyone should have on their watch list. 
American Gangster and Goodfellas are two mafia movies and gangster movies that I think everyone should watch in their lifetime if they get a chance. Definitely sit down and watch these movies. In American Gangster, we follow Denzel Washington, his rise through the ranks in the mafia and gangster world. In Goodfellas, we follow the story of Henry Hill, who always aspired to be a mafia boss, but eventually ends up turning to the cops and becoming a confidential informant. In both these movies, we get really great performances. In Goodfellas, the performances that stood out to me were obviously Ray Liotta in the lead role. He was excellent. Joe Pesci and Robert De Niro give great performances as well. In American Gangster, you can't take your eyes off Denzel Washington the whole time. He, again, gives such an intense performance and has great scenes on screen with the likes of Idris Elba as well as Russell Crowe. Goodfellas was directed by Martin Scorsese and was released in 1990 and American Gangster was released in 2007 and directed by Ridley Scott. Both these movies definitely were to watch. If I could pick one Robin Williams movie to watch for the rest of my life it would be The Birdcage. It is such an entertaining comedy. It has one of my favourite Robin Williams performances of all time and there's a great cast involved. Robin Williams stars alongside Nathan Lane and they have such great chemistry on screen and Nathan Lane provided most of the laughs for me in this movie, obviously alongside Robin Williams. Gene Hackman stars alongside Diane Weist and they both give great performances as well as that Hank Azaria stars, known for his voice acting on The Simpsons, as well as a young Clista Flockhart who would go on to star in Ally McBeal. For my last two recommendations, I would recommend sitting down and watching 13 Hours. It tells the stories of the secret soldiers of Benghazi. It is a non-stop action movie, great performances, great intensity throughout, and it tells a true story that many people might not know about. There's great performances on screen from John Krasinski and David Denman, both who starred in The Office as Jim and Roy. James Badge Dale and Max Martini also give great performances in this movie. It is a hard-hitting action movie and any fans of action movies would love 13 Hours. And for a futuristic feel, I would recommend the movie Her starring Joaquin Phoenix, Rooney Mara, Scarlett Johansson and Olivia Wilde. It was released in 2013 and it tells the story of Theodore, an introverted writer who buys a new AI system capable of learning and growing like a human being. He eventually ends up falling in love with this AI system and this movie does a great job of displaying how loneliness can affect us, how technology can affect us and giving us a glimpse into the future of what might happen or could happen down the line with AI technology. I'd love to know your thoughts on these recommendations. I hope you make good use of this list and let me know up on Anchor FM, Spotify and Twitter if you've seen any of these movies and what your thoughts are on them. Love to know your opinion up on Anchor FM, Spotify and Twitter. Now let's get into my reviews for this episode. Let's start with Elvis. I absolutely loved it. Bit long. It's two hours and 38 minutes. It's a long movie. But in all fairness, Elvis had such an eventful life. There's so much to get through with his character, with this iconic person of history. And I think two hours and 40 minutes was justifiable when you consider how much he touched culture and how much of a mark he left on the world of music. It covers most of his life. It gives us an idea of his background, where he grew up, how he grew up 
and how we became influenced by black music. He grew up poor in black neighborhoods, gravitated towards church music, specifically black church music and black soul music. And that had a big influence on his music growing up as an artist. As audience members, we get multiple montages of him growing up, his influence of music, how he got into the music industry, his rise to fame and how he eventually became known as one of the best recording artists of all time. The movie does give us a lot of music, that's the best part about this. I think it focuses on the right things. Most of the dialogue is music, it is very fast moving, but like I said, it has to get through a lot of life events in Elvis's career. You know, there's him being shipped away to the army, there's the relationship he had with his manager, a very strained relationship he had for 20 years. There's him meeting Priscilla and his marriage to her and the destruction of that, as well as him trying his hand at acting later on in his life. So there's a lot covered in this movie. It's definitely one that I think people should check out. I think it's been rated very highly online and it's killing in the box office right now. In terms of performances, Austin Butler did an excellent job. It was very hard to see how anyone was going to emulate the persona, the charisma of Elvis. He pulls it off in this movie. And he has great chemistry on screen with Tom Hanks, who plays Colonel Tom Parker, Elvis's manager. And they have a great couple of scenes on screen, great monologues together, very intense battles between the two. And it just worked. The chemistry worked on screen. So great performances in this movie. I definitely recommend it. Moving on to Tour Love and Thunder, directed by Taika Waititi. This is the second tour movie he's directed with Chris Hemsworth continuing his role as the God of Thunder. I absolutely love this movie. I love the way Taika Waititi is bringing this franchise. It's very comedic and the characters are excellent. There's great chemistry on screen between Natalie Portman and Chris Hemsworth in this movie, but it doesn't take itself too seriously. You can laugh one minute and you can cry the next. I thought as an antagonist, Christian Bale did an excellent job. Great intensity on screen, great performance. This movie probably gets a 4 out of 5. I forgot to rate Elvis, by the way. 5 out of 5 for Elvis. This movie, Tour Love and Thunder, 4 out of 5. It did have bits where I wasn't as invested and didn't care about certain characters. But overall, a great action movie. Great superhero movie for fans of that genre. And Taika Waititi, in my opinion, can do no wrong. On to my last review of the episode, The Girl in the Picture. This documentary floored me. It's up on Netflix. It's a Netflix original documentary. It is 95% on Rotten Tomatoes at the moment. And for very good reason. It's such a hard-hitting documentary that floored me at each turn. Like I mentioned, it's up on Netflix to view right now. And a quick synopsis for anyone who hasn't seen it. A young mother's mysterious death and her son's subsequent kidnapping opens up a decade-long mystery that is investigated by authorities. This movie is trending number one on Netflix films and is definitely one I think you should check out. If you can't tell, it's another 5 out of 5 rating for this documentary. I was floored, like I mentioned, and each turn of the documentary something else comes out of the woodwork and you're constantly shocked and my jaw was on the floor at the end of it if you've seen these movies or this documentary let me know what your thoughts are up on anchor fm spotify and twitter you can always get in contact with me on twitter at kyle underscore t underscore duffy on anchor fm there's always the option to leave me a voice note on the episode letting me know your thoughts and on spotify i always leave opinion polls and questionnaires up on the episodes as well love to know your thoughts
Before I give my thoughts on upcoming movies, I want to give my quick reaction to the Emmy nominations list. There are a few actors, actresses and TV shows that I'm really excited for to get recognized at this year's Emmys. One in particular is Severance, a TV show that I really loved starring Adam Scott, directed by and produced by Ben Stiller. Such a great miniseries. Check it out if you haven't already. It should be up on Apple TV to view. It tells the story of workers who sever the part of their brain which allows them to go home and forget about their job and they have no memories of their job and when they go back into work they have no memories of their home life thus creating the perfect worker. However when a new team member is welcome to the company things get out of hand and a worker uprising begins to take shape. I hope that Severance gets the recognition it deserves and the awards it deserves at this year's Emmys. I do think that Euphoria is going to sweep the Emmys this year. It just has to happen. It's been so prominent in pop culture over the past year. The show has such great performances from the likes of Zendaya and Sydney Sweeney who are both up for nominations in their respective categories during this year's Emmys and I just think Euphoria is going to be the one to watch out for. Ozark is up for multiple nominations as well as actors and actresses involved in the TV series as well as that Ted Lasso is nominated in this year's Emmys along with Jason Sudeikis for Best Male Lead Actor and Hannah Waddingham for Best Supporting Actress. I want to see Ted Lasso crowned in the Emmys because I believe it's such a good show. So I'd be rooting for Ted Lasso and Severance in this year's Emmys. Adam Scott is also nominated for an award, as well as Patricia Arquette, who is in the category of Best Supporting Actress. Let me know who you're rooting for for this year's Emmys, and let me know your predictions on who you think is going to win in certain categories. Love to know your thoughts up on Anchor FM, Spotify, and Twitter. Before I end today's episode, I'd like to give my thoughts on a few upcoming movies that I'm really excited for and I think you should check out. The Woman King seems like a movie that's really going to hit theatres hard, starring Viola Davis and Natasha Lynch, as well as John Boyega. Black Adam, starring The Rock, superhero movie, looks like it's going to sweep up as well. But one movie that I'm excited to see, not because I think it's going to be good, but I think it's going to finish off a franchise, is Halloween Ends. This movie franchise has gone on way too long. I remember going to see Halloween Kills last year in the cinema and I just thought this movie franchise needs to die already. So hopefully this movie will give a bit of finality to Mike Myers as a character and the movie franchise overall. Other movies that I'm really enthusiastic about coming this year, obviously Avatar 2 as well as Amsterdam that I spoke about before, starring Margot Robbie and Christian Bale. And there's also See How They Run, which is a murder mystery, starring Sam Rockwell, Saoirse Ronan, Adrian Brody, and many more. Let me know if there's a particular movie this year that you're excited for and what your predictions are around that movie. Before I end the episode, I'd like to tell you that I got to appear on someone else's podcast today, the Jack McDonald podcast. It's a comedy podcast available up on Spotify. I was asked to come on and review movie and TV shows on there as a part of a segment. Hopefully it'll become a regular thing for me because he's a very talented podcaster. I really enjoyed being on. So I'd say a shout out to him and having me on. I really enjoyed it. Each week we're going to come on 
and discuss movies and TV. I'm going to watch something he recommended for me and he's going to watch something I recommended for him and we'll come together, have a discussion and it'll be a movie and TV segment as a part of his podcast. Hopefully I can get him on this podcast down the line but we'll take it step by step and see what happens. So yeah, just a quick shout out to Jack for having me on today. I really enjoyed it and looking forward to being on in the future. This is where I'm going to end today's episode. I hope you all enjoyed it. As always, you can find my podcast, Finding Yourself, up on Anchor FM, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and all our major podcast platforms. So remember to follow the podcast up on Spotify for more movie and TV content like this. This has been Finding Yourself with Kyle Duffy. Thanks for listening. I-List I-O.